Tonight, um, God willing, um, we may be taking this to a two-part thing, so I don't know how, how much I'm going to, because i got a lot to go over. We're, talking about, we're going to be talking about eliminating the excuses. Eliminating the excuses. Eliminating the excuses. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, that's our scripture for the year, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, who has saved us, who has called us. We know through God so loved us, he gave us Jesus, who, and he saved us. Since the, before the world began, it was in God's ideology to save you, to call you out for his purpose, plan, and expectation. Amen? What is the worst thing that can kill the calling of God on your life? The worst thing that can kill the calling of God on your life is an excuse. Is an excuse. The definition of excuse is a reason or explanation or not, not necessarily true, given in order to make something appear more acceptable or less offensive. That's, what, that's the definition of an excuse. And the worst thing that can kill the calling of God is an excuse. Benjamin Franklin said this. He that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else. How true that is. The average person, I want you to get this because this is where we're going tonight. I'm laying the groundwork because this may be going into Saturday. So you don't stay home, okay? Don't make an excuse that you can't make it because it ain't going to work because I'm going to tell you why. The average person, that's us, will make six excuses daily. The average person will make six excuses daily. That works out to be 2,190 excuses per year. Top five most common excuses. I'm too tired. 49%. I'm too tired. How many of you thought that today? Getting ready for church. I'm tired. Come on. How many of you contemplated? He'll, God will understand. I worked hard today. I had a mental breakdown. I had a mentally challenged day. It was just hard. I'm tired. Number two, top five common excuses is I don't have enough money. How many of you, be honest, how many of you ever used that? But we have an iPhone. We have Apple iPads. We have Apple computers. We have the latest technology. We got cable TV. We don't have no 30, so you know, 20 inch, 19 inch. No, we got 65, 75, 85. LED, flat screen, not one of those 500-pound big old box back in the 70s. You remember those? Only had three channels. No, no, we got over 500 HD TV channels. We got all the pay-per-view channels, even the ugly ones too. We won't talk about that. But I don't have enough money. Number three, I don't have enough time. Oh, God, again, you just, I wish there was a little bit more time. What time did you get up this morning? You ain't going to finish strong if you get up at 12. You ain't going to get a lot accomplished when church starts at 7. 
Come on. But I'm retired. I don't have enough time. It's too inconvenient. That's number four. It's too inconvenient. 31% of people say that. 48% of people say that number two and three are, are, are neck and neck. They're, they're 48%. Number five, I'm too forgetful. 28%. Come on. You can't blame your age either. Because I used to use that when I was little. I don't remember. Why do we keep making excuses? Why do we keep making excuses? One, fear of failure. It's the number one reason. Why do we make excuses? The fear of failure. Number two, the fear of embarrassment. Number three, the fear of success. Whether you believe it or not, there's people out there scared of success. Number four, the fear of change. Number five, the fear of uncertainty. Number six, the fear of responsibility. Number seven, the fear of making mistakes. Number eight, perceived lack of confidence or resources. See, that word fear, false evidence appearing real, Traps and locks us away in the confines of our comfort zone. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But it's amazing, why do we make excuses every day? Why? Because of fear. Of failure, embarrassment, success, change, uncertainty, responsibility, making mistakes, perceived lack of confidence or resource. In other words, why do we make mistakes? Because of the, the word fear. But I'm here to tell you as a born-again believer, fear is nothing but false evidence appearing real because God defeated fear. Amen. God has not given you a spirit of fear but a power of love and a sound mind. Every day you have a scripture to defeat fear. Jesus is always with you. Why? Because he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You're never alone. You have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit with you. You don't have to worry about failure when you're a born-again believer. Why? Because... God's got your back. God's got your back. You don't have to worry about being embarrassed when you have discernment. Because you let the Holy Spirit tell you what to say before you open your mouth. You listen to the Holy Spirit. Success. You got nothing. You have a problem with success. Why? Because it's in God's DNA for you to be successful. When you meditate on God's word, as it says in Joshua chapter 1, you're going to be successful. You have no problem making change. Change is a good thing. Because if you don't, you get monotonous. You get, you get stuck. You, and you, you, you don't know. You just wake up, constantly do the same way. I want to know how many of you travel to the same way, to your job, you've been traveling the same way every day for I don't know how long. What happens if you change the route? Or God forbid they're doing construction and they didn't tell you because the cities never tell you, well, unless you follow them on some social media. They're not going to tell you when they're digging up the roads or 
paint and pot filling the potholes. Then all of a sudden, you work starts at 8 o'clock, and you know you got such a job because you've worked there, and you know the route back in your head. You know everything. And all of a sudden, you know if you leave at such a time, you're going to clock right at 8 o'clock. You're always click 8 o'clock. Then all of a sudden, a detour sign shows up. You have nothing to be afraid of when it comes to change. In other words, you embrace it. I like change. I like change. Let's change Wednesday night to 6 o'clock. Woo! <laughs> All the reason why y'all say amen is because you get home early. My babies can go to bed early. It's summertime, people. Come on. You have nothing to fear when it comes to uncertainty. In other words, you don't have nothing to worry. You, have no, you don't have to worry about being uncertainty. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is going to tell you what to do. Responsibility. You take on responsibility. You don't worry about making mistakes. You don't have nothing to fear when it comes to that. You're not going to allow yourself. The born again believer is not going to allow themselves to be trapped or locked away in their comfort zone. They're going to let God expand them. They're going to let God challenge them. I don't know about you, but I want God to challenge me every day. I don't want the same old, same old. Why? Because that gets boring doing the same old, same old every day. I remember when I worked for FedEx and, and when I first started, they had a route. I had my route. I was always Miami, Miami. I went to Miami. I went to Miami Airport. That's where I went every stinking day. And I'm like, I'm tired of going to Miami. I was like, I want to go somewhere else. I want to learn how to do everybody's route. And when that position came open, I jumped on it and I got it. So I had to make a change. I'm like, okay, I am no longer Miami. I have to learn every route that FedEx does. And I had to learn all of Miami. I had to learn all of Palm Beach. I had to learn all of Fort Lauderdale, all of Broward County. I had to learn all these routes. Why? Because FedEx had stations everywhere. I want to change, and I wasn't afraid to make. I'm like, hey, I, I'm tired of this monotonous going one place. Hey, that. Hey, Rev. Hey, this. Hey, that. I'm like, no, I want to see somebody I don't know. Because I got the gospel to share. I mean, they knew when I got there in Miami, oh, Reverend Dad's here. Everybody stop cursing. Oh, yeah, because I demanded it. I said, don't come around me if you're going to talk like trash. I said, do I look like trash? I don't want to smell like you. I said, you stink. I tell them flat out like that. I didn't care if they liked me or not. I knew who I was. They knew who I was. But I wanted to be, I wanted, I wanted change. I wanted to learn something else. And God gave me desires in my heart and I learned it. And it was fun. I was not going to let fear trap me. And you as a born-again believer, you cannot allow fear to trap you. And you can't use that excuse when God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. The horrific consequences of making excuses. A lack of responsibility and growth. Self-made, self-limiting beliefs. A continuous regret and what-if scenarios. A pessimistic outlook on life. Poor judgment when it comes to making critical decisions. A paranormal that prevents you from taking decisive 
action. The constriction of your comfort zone. Mental blocks stifling proactive and action and creativity. These are horrific consequences of making mistakes. See, God never created the church. Who's the church? To make, mis- to, 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 to make excuses. No, it's not, in our D- it's not in God's DNA to make an excuse. It's not in his DNA and it's not in the church's DNA. When God tells us to do something, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Why? Because if God has, has asked us to do something, he already sees that we can do it. We, not, we may not know it, but he knows it. And if he's going to call you to do something, he has already worked out every logistic side of it, and you have nothing to worry about. You don't have to worry about failure, embarrassment, success, change, uncertainty, responsibility, make a mistake. No, because it's not. God's already took care of all that. You just got to walk by faith and not by sight. Because if you walk by faith, you ain't going to make excuses. You're going to eliminate them. Now, to overcome your excuse, you must first, Admit that you're, that you're making them in the first place. To overcome excuses, you must first admit that, you, that you're making them in the first place. This takes surrendering. This takes a surrendering. In other words, remember I told the winning formula is James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Submit yourself unto the Lord. In other words, you got to surrender to God. In other words, hey, Lord, the first thing that I got to do is that I got to admit, hey, I'm, I, I use excuses to get out of things. See, you may, be, you, may use, you may have used excuses to get out of responsibility or get out of something at work or whatever or made an excuse, and it's worked. But listen to me. It's not going to work with God. It may work with the world. But it's not going to work with God. Because when God tells you to do something, he expects you to do something. If you're the church. Now, if you're the world, you're going, you're going to flick your middle finger up to God and say, I don't care who you are. Why? Because you don't, you're, you're full of rebellion. But if you're the church, you're going to do what God tells you to do. You're not going to make an excuse. Why? Because when God looks at you, he looks at you through his word, which is Jesus. And Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And there is no excuse. He's already took care of all the obstacles, all the logistic sides of everything. He's already defeated the enemy. So the first thing we have to do in eliminating, to overcome excuses and eliminating them, is that we got we to gotta surrender to God. We got to make ourselves pliable. We have to recognize that we need God in all things. In other words, everything that I put my hands to, I need God's help. Everything, wherever I go or wherever Pastor Francis and I go, we want God to be there. We want God to be the center of attention. We don't want to be the center of attention because we can't save, heal, restore, or transform anybody. But God can. And I have to recognize, and my wife has to recognize, and you as the church have to recognize, you need God. You need God. If there's anybody that needs God today, hey, we need God. Because if you don't, you're going to succumb 
to excuses. You're going to make excuse after excuse after excuse. And when it comes to God, it ain't going to work. Why do people, why do people give excuses? Here's the number one reason why. Here's the bottom line. People just don't want to do it. Come on, that is the real reason. And we come up with every other word. We come up with every other scenario. We come up with everything else and we try to be nice. And we're, just, and we're so genuine. I mean, we'll even throw a tear to make it legit. I mean, we'll just work ourselves up. Why? Because it, the bottom line is we don't want to do it. We don't want to open our house. God, I can't open my house and preach the gospel. Do you know this, the season we're living in? It's not safe, says the world. But what does God say? Oh, you thought it was safe in Acts chapter 2 when Romans were gathering all the Christians and crucifying them and throwing them in the lions and using them as, as you know, as, as, as props in the arenas and Christians were being lit, lit down the highways and as they were being crucified, they lit them. Paul was, on, was, was gathering them up. Saul was gathering them up and marching them to Jerusalem, locked it. Does it matter? Men, women, and children? It doesn't matter. They were stoning them. But they still had church. They still had church. The bottom line is people don't just don't want to do it. And guess what that's called? Rebellion. Ooh, I just opened up a whole lot of, a lot of stuff right there. Rebellion. When you refuse God, you are rebellious. When you don't do what God tells you to do, you are a rebellious individual. 1 Samuel chapter 15. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He also has rejected you from the being king. Now, this is the whole scenario of King Saul. He refused... He rebelled against the prophet and against the word of the Lord through the prophet Samuel. He refused, and because of that, he was called out. If you don't think God won't call you out the way he called out um, King Saul, you got another thing coming because God changes not. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, because we live in the New Testament, because we have a new covenant through Jesus Christ, does not change God. God's word is forever. It changes not. And when God has placed a holy call on you, he expects you to do what he's called you to do. Not according to your works, but according to his purpose and grace. And every day, God has a purpose through his grace to get people saved. And he's asking you to be the individual to bring them into the kingdom of God. But if you refuse... You are just like King Saul right here. I didn't say it. I'm showing you right here. We uh, ALMers have to eliminate the excuses of evangelism. 
We have to eliminate the excuses. That I don't care if people are dropping like flies. If God tells us to evangelize, we get out there and evangelize. That does not change God. If we see them drop like flies, we raise the dead. I only got one amen there. I didn't hear nobody else say that. But we haven't done that. What do we do? We lined up like everybody else, and we did what we were told over, the, over media. And because of that, hell has widened itself. Yes, people are going to die. We know that. I hate to tell you that. People are going to die. It rains on the just and on the unjust. People are going to die. Peter died. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John died. Apostle Paul died. Timothy died. They all died. The only one that went on to live a long life was John. But he was boiled with oil. I don't know about you. After he was boiled in oil, they threw him on the island of Pappas. Think about that. They boiled him in oil. It's like fried chicken. Think about that. But who's ever fried chicken? Who ever did that? Who ever fried some chicken? Come on, you take that, you butter it like that, and you put it in that hot grease. That's what they did to the Apostle John. That's what they did to John. They got that oil burning, and they threw him in there. Isaiah was cut in half. They put him in a log, a barreled-out log, and they put him in there. And as he was preaching the gospel, they cut him in half. They filleted. I forget which one they, they filleted. Thomas, yeah, Doubting Thomas, he got filleted. In other words, they carved the skin off of him. So it, it rains on the just and the unjust. But they kept on preaching the gospel. They didn't care about their life. See, we have to come to the point where it's all about the kingdom of God. It's not about excuses. We as the church, Abundant Living Ministries, we are not called to be the church down the road on Flamingo Road or down Sterling Road or down Tastry on every other road. No, we are called here in Pembroke Pines and we cannot make any more excuses when it's all been eliminated by Jesus Christ. And God is holding you, us, responsible for this city. Or the city you live in, God's holding you responsible. Because God has called you to be his church, to be his voice. And excuses only allows heaven, I mean hell, to widen. But Pastor Thad, I'm not a preacher. Yeah, you are. Yes, you are. You're called to go into all the world and preach the good news. Lay hands on the six. Cast out devils. See, this is, this is our, we're, 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 we're employees of heaven. When, you, when we got saved, our job description is to be in unity with the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost and the church. In other words, we are the church. In other words, we have taken a responsibility of getting people saved. I, why was I able to do it driving a tractor trailer all over, you know, all over the state of Florida and witness Jesus Christ, pray for people, lay hands on people, share the gospel, lead them to Christ? And if I could do that up and down the high, all over the state of Florida, why can't you? Come on, I know I'm, 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 I'm like, man, this is Wednesday night. Because... We don't have much time. We don't have much time. 
The world is being bombarded by the devil as I speak. We're getting farther and farther and farther away from God. We're not preaching truth. We're not preaching, you know, thus saith the Lord. We're preaching a God understands message. And I'm telling you, God does not understand this generation. Why? Because it's so embedded in sin. It's sin is intertwined in the philosophy, in the, in the, in the theological ideology of churches now. And, and, and it's no longer being, being presented as, as, as holy, righteous, and sanctified God. It's become universalism. I was showing Pastor Francis the other day that they've already got, the government is getting ready to push this on you, us, you coming together, all religions coming together. They're getting ready to push it. Coming together, unified religion. Doesn't that just sound great? That we all love each other. That we all let everybody give their ideas and share and how they can help the community together. That ain't going to work. Because as I taught last week, we cannot be unequally yoked with unbelievers. You cannot be unequally yoked with unbelievers. There's only one way to heaven. His name is Jesus. But they want to show you that there's many ways to heaven. You can, if you serve Muhammad, guess what? Allah you can go to heaven through that. If you're a Buddhist, you can go to heaven that way. You can go to heaven through here, you know, through the, all the Indian gods. All the gods, there's so many of them. They have over a million. No, there's only one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. But they don't want to hear a message like me. Why? Because I'm going to tell you the truth. See, truth is absolute. Truth doesn't need anything. To help, it, to help it work. See, you got to work a lie. When it comes to lying, when it comes to presenting a lie, you have to work that lie to make it presentable. But truth doesn't need anything. It has its own power. Why? Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. See, when you speak a lie, basically through an excuse, because that's what it is, because you really don't want to do it, and you're trying to be nice with a smile on your face, and you even bust out a tear and get all emotional. But the bottom line is that you lying out of your teeth because you really don't want to do it instead of just telling the truth. I'd rather you, listen to me, I'd rather you tell me the truth instead of buttering me up and lying in my face. Because you ain't lying to me, you're lying to God. And all liars have their place in the lake of fire. And if you're a person that lies... You know who your daddy is? It ain't God. It ain't Jesus. It ain't the Holy Ghost. And it ain't the church. You know who your daddy is? If, you're a, if you use lying, all of, if you're, you're a liar, it's called the devil, Satan himself. He's the father of lies. I'd rather you tell me in my face, I don't want to do it. I can handle that. I can, I'd rather take that than you lie to me. Tell me you're going to do it or just put it this way. Here, here's a great one. Here's a great excuse. Here's a great excuse. I'm to put this one as number one. This is the number one in the church. You ready? Some of you already know it. I'll pray about it. That is the biggest excuse in the church because you know when I hear that, I have been in this thing for all my life. 
you ain't going to do it. You don't want to do it. Oh, hey, Pastor, I know you want me to be an usher. Oh, I know, Pastor, you want me to sing up there. I know, Pastor, you want me to sing. Let me pray about it. No, you don't. You don't want to. Well, I don't sing good. Says who? What if God says, you know, I want you when you, when you well, let me ask you that. When you, when you filled out your coveted associate every year, did you pray about it? Or you just say, well, I'm just going to re-up as an usher. Is that what God wants you to do this year? Because if that isn't what God told you to do and you're doing it, you're out of, you out of line. You're out of the will of the Father. And you're going to be a problem to the ushers when God says, you know what, I want you to sing. It's not about what you think, it's what he thinks. And when the anointing falls, it doesn't matter. Because you may sound like a, a broken record, but when the anointing falls, it don't matter if it's a broken record. It can save, heal, restore, and transform. What are you doing? You're acting out of obedience. You're not allowing excuses to dictate to your life. You're not worried about what the, the mistakes you may not. Oh, I can't hit that level. What Sister Dorcas wants me to sing in, the, you know, in, this le, in, this, in this range. When I am not that range and I am this range. And all of a sudden, you, she wants you to sing that range. And you make a mistake and it, it cricks. Don't worry about it. As long as you're obedient to God, God can bring forth the anointing. But if you make an excuse, you just stifled the anointing. What do you do? What do we do when we stifle the anointing? We cover God's mouth. We cover God's mouth because if we cover God's mouth, it keeps him from breathing. It keeps him from it keeps him from breathing his presence over the people. See, we can't do that. We, can't, we, we have to eliminate the excuses in our life. We cannot be like the world. Why? Because the world is going to make excuses. How many times have they told you, yeah, 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 I'll come to church. And actually, you invite them in, they don't come. My wife used to make excuse after excuse before I married her, before God introduced her to my life. Because you remember I wrote down, I want a redhead with blue eyes. Even though she's a bottle redhead, but it's still a redhead. I wasn't specific. I'll take it. I'll take it. But she had blue eyes. And she could cook. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But there was a time where two individuals that that would invite her, invite her, invite her, invite her for how many years? Ten or eleven years. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're coming Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We will be there. Oh, what time is it again? And she's asked this for like eleven years. What time again? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then one day they said, "Guess what? We're in your front door. Get up and get ready because you're going to church." Am I right? Oh, yeah. Their husband, her husband says, oh, my husband's on his way. Make sure you and your, your, your family are ready because he's coming to pick you up. No excuses. It's the best decision God made for me. Hallelujah. Best decision. I'm glad she got ready because that was the first time you met me, wasn't it? The first time. Look at that. That was a God-ordained thing. 
But she used excuse after excuse after excuse. And the bottom line is all that the excuse was doing was keeping her farther and farther and farther and farther for 11 years. Think about that, 11 years. 11 years of rebellion. She went to church. She went to a different type of a denomination that didn't believe like us. They didn't clap. They didn't wear, those women didn't wear pants. Oh, God, you wear pants, you're going to hell. If you, oh, you ladies are wearing makeup, you're going to hell. You raise your hands during service, you're going to hell. One of them legalistic churches. And she, she made excuse after excuse, and she was farther and farther and farther away until all of a sudden, God says, not today. We're coming to get you. Your excuse are not going to work. Sometimes you got to be bold enough to say, you know what? I'm not taking your excuse. You need to get saved today, whether you like it or not. You're going to get saved. Why? Because my faith says so. You can say that as the church. Because your faith, you can say, because of my faith, you're going to get saved today. Because of my faith, of me being crying out to God for 11 years, you're going to get saved today. So get up and get ready. You're going to get healed today. Because you are refusing that individual. You ain't going to make an excuse this time. And it's the best decision the woman ever made. Why? Because through her being pushed by love. How many of you watch Bishop today preaching? I put it out there on Facebook. Love will push you. Grace will take you out there. But love will push you. Love pushed her to church. And if it wasn't for love, our son, because he's my son, would have never been delivered from cocaine. He probably would have died of an overdose because he was an addict. He got saved. He got saved. He got delivered. He didn't go through rehab. He didn't go through nada. He was saved, delivered that day. Why? Because someone says, enough! Of your excuses. You are not going to hell. You moms and dads, you got to make a decision. You got to be bolder. I don't care how old they are. If they live in your home, you smack them upside the head and say, guess what, son, daughter? You're going to church whether you like it or not. Get up. I don't care if you're in your pajamas. Put them in the balcony. Say, you ain't going to hell. Oh, we don't talk like that. Oh, just you know, the grace of God, God's grace is sufficient. No, sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta get violent. The violent take it by force. And if it wasn't for that individual telling her, "You ain't making excuses," my husband's on his way to pick you up, and she, and she comes getting up. She runs in their other room and says, "Papa, get up." Get up, they're on their way. We got to go to church today. And he's like, what, what, what? We got to go to church today. And guess who's the first person she bumped into? Me. And she thought I was a jerk. Because I was on the phone. I knocked her purse out of her hand. And I'm on the phone trying to do it before church. And she had no clue who I was. Then all of a sudden, when church started, I was up here taking the offering and bid her sin. And Papa says, Look who's up there. That's the pastor's son. Then I just started working my jar. 
were married the next day. <laughs> God works fast, man. <laughs> but I want you to see this. We have to eliminate the excuses in our lives. We have to, we cannot elect excuses keep us from getting people saved. Yes, listen to me. We're living in perilous times. I understand this. I understand this. I mean, you look at what's going on. Just read Matthew. Go back and read tonight. Go back and read Matthew chapter 24. Read it. Jesus said what these things are, and they're happening. I mean, California is in a drought like crazy. I mean, I was reading an article before I came here today. They're, they're using witchery to find water. That's how desperate they are for water. They're, they're trying everything. Why? Because there's no water. There's a drought. They're trying everything. Because when you're desperate and godless, you will do, you're, you'll do anything. And California is godless. I'm not talking about that. Look, look across the world. Floods. Germany just had a flood. They're still trying to find people. Matthew chapter 24. Jesus said these things are coming. Why? Because these things have to happen before the coming of the Lord. But you, the believer, the church, who's been called by his name, ALM, we cannot get caught up in what's happening in the world. We have to stay true to our allegiance to this living word. We pledge our allegiance every day. To, to God's holy word, this living, this living love letter. Jesus, we pledge our allegiance. We make it a lamp under our feet, a light under our path. We hide its word in our heart that we will not sin against God, that we might not sin against God. And we have to eliminate the excuses. Why? Because the, Satan will put a, a scenario after scenario after scenario after scenario to, to keep you from staying true to God's word and come up with excuses, excuses, excuses. We cannot afford that. You have to be, you have to stay ready. You have to stay ready. That's why Apostle Paul says, put on the whole armor of God. 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 Why? Because the wiles against the wiles of the devil. Remember, we're not getting against flesh and blood. We're against the principalities of the air. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against the principalities of the air, the rulers of darkness. And we have to put on the whole armor of God. We got to make sure our helmet's on right. Got to make sure our breastplate are righteous. We have to, our, our breastplate is right. Our loins are girded with truth. Our feet or shot with the preparation of peace. In other words, we have to have the shield of faith. We have to have the sword of the spirit. We got to make sure we have everything on. Why? Because Satan will throw every scenario out there. And he doesn't sleep. He can't sleep. Why? Because sleep brings rest and there is no rest in him. So he's working 24-7 and he knows what's coming. He knows his destiny. He knows where he's going. And he is, he, he's going to take everybody he, whom he can with him. And you cannot be one of them. Amen. You cannot allow yourself to be one of those individuals. Because the Bible himself, go back and read it. 
The very elect are being deceived. What do you mean the very elect? The very elect, the church who's been called that are being deceived by what is going on. They were allowing the principalities of the air. They're allowing the ideology of the world to, to creep in. And as long as they are, are in sync with the government, they will be able to keep their church. What, are, what, is, what, what group right now is fighting with the government right now? And the government's getting ready to drop the hammer on this group of people, the Catholic faith. They're in turmoil right now because of communion. And the government is coming after them with lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit to the point where they are going to take everything from them. And it's just the beginning because once it starts there, it's going to trickle down to all the other churches. It's not against a religion. It's against the churches who've been called by his name. These things are happening. Why? Because they have been prophetically spoken into existence right here in this word. But we cannot get caught up in it. We can't get caught up in excuses. We got to keep pushing forward. We got to keep preaching the gospel. We got to keep going to all the world. Preaching. We got to keep laying hands on the sick. We got we to keep believing and walking by faith. Because if we walk by faith, we will operate in God's power. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We'll get into the guts of it, if you will, come Saturday night. It's going to be fun. We're not done yet. Because we're going to show you, I'm going to show you how to eliminate the excuse, how to, keep, how to add, add to it. I want, you to, I want you to be a part of this because this is going to be fun. Okay? So you got to be here Saturday night. Those that are watching the internet, tune in, 6 o'clock. Oh, that's right, 6.15. 6.15. Be here. I'd rather you be here, but don't make an excuse. Be here. Unless you live in another state or country, I understandable. But I mean, if you're coming to Florida, Florida, hey, you want, if you're going to vacate, Florida is the vacation capital of the world. Because we have a great governor. We live in a free place. Our borders are open all over here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I'd love for you to be here, but hey, 615, if you're out of country and you can't be here, um, that's not an excuse. That's just, pro that's just legit. Because I know I got people from Africa watching. I'm friends with them. India and so forth. And I know Pastor Yoel would love to be here. Keep him in prayer. I was just talking to him today. It's hard for him to you know, talk on the internet because they're monitoring everything. And if they see something on the internet, they'll come right in your house and they'll go in there and they'll kill you because they deem you as a threat to them. They're not asking questions. They're just going in there and killing. They don't care how young, how old, male or female. They'll walk right into your house and they'll kill you. So he has to be very careful. And I told him, I said, you use the wisdom of the Lord in our conversations. We're praying for you. We're believing God for him. And continue to pray that God will bring forth revival in Cuba. Revival. 